3: Welcome to Forget Patience. Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're looking forward to sharing another show with you. We're going to continue every show to do our best to help you to be your best in your quest to be the best in life, sales, and even business. We're going to continue to bring topics that can help you grow sales, improve margins, increase commissions, And your customer base. And tonight's show is no different. I'm really excited about tonight's show. The title is, Is Your Brand Creating Customer Demand? And that's as far as I go as trying to wrap. But I have a guest that's going to help us improve or enhance our brand. And her name is Karen Arden. And let me tell you a little bit about Karen. Karen is a marketing communications professional with over 30 years experience in developing, executing and managing innovative and successful strategic marketing and communication programs for a variety of firms. Her areas of expertise that were instrumental in building brand loyalty and awareness include branding, strategic planning, positioning, consumer and trade product introductions, business-to-business and business-to-consumer marketing, consumer and trade advertising, social media marketing, PR, sales and trade show event marketing, and Karen is a partner of JFD Advertising and Public Relations, a full-service advertising, marketing, and public relations agency in Tampa, Florida. Currently celebrating their 10th year in business. And JFD also represents a diverse group of brands in a variety of industries. And for every client, they deliver a unique blend of strategic thinking and creative ideas that produce results. And I'm here to speak about that personally because I am a client of theirs. And, Karen, I would like to welcome you to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something.
2: Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate the opportunity and spending this hour with you.
1: Excellent. I'm glad to have you here. We talk a lot. This is the first time we've actually spoken on the radio, so this is going to be fun. But, yes, you know, it is. Karen, the reason I want to have you on the show because we are all, as business people and sales professionals, we are busy trying to grow our business, and one of the things we have a tendency to lose sight of is how to also build what we call an irresistible brand. How do we create a brand that's irresistible to our audience and how do we position ourselves as an authority, especially if we've never built a brand? And what we're going to talk about tonight is uh, how to build a brand, in some cases, how to rebuild a brand, because you helped me uh, several years ago when my company had grown to a certain level. Uh, I needed to go to the next level, and you helped me rebuild a brand. So I know you have a program that you're going to talk to us tonight about on how to enhance our brand. And I'm going to let you go ahead and get started.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much for that introduction. I appreciate it. Yeah, branding has always been a very uh, touchy subject because a lot of people really are very protective of their brand. And a lot of times it takes some courage, actually, to really reevaluate and look at what your brand represents because it's really not about what the customers need. It's about what they want. And that's really the, the big differentiation about, you know, Branding yourself or, or reinventing your brand, um, so to say, because it's really all about that relationship that your brand is building, and the experiences that you bring to develop what it is that you that you offer, and you want people to be loyal to that. You don't want them to just get you today and forget you tomorrow. Um, it's an identity that that really wraps itself around the company and the product and the services that you, you provide and that really distinguishes something unique and different about you against the competition. And a lot of people always go to us, well, we just need a new logo. Well, a brand is not just about the logo and the color and maybe the icon that's attached to it because the brand is about the personality that you're building around that emotional connection and value that you offer. And it's really really kind of interesting because a lot of people don't even understand, you know, how branding all came about. And it started way before all of us were around back in the 19th century when people in Italy were making their wines. And what they would do is they would brand, you know, with an iron, their name on the barrels. And that became the entity of the, the wine that they were making. And so what happened through the course of the years then, you know, advertising agencies got smart at the turn of the century and decided, hmm, this is a really unique opportunity in really developing companies and the products that they offer and creating some differentiation. And it, a unique um, example that I would probably get that everybody can relate to is branding like, of a polo shirt. You know, why does a polo shirt cost $80 and out only cost 35 Well, Mm -hmm. it's because there is some differentiation there that makes people want to have that polo shirt with that little horse on it versus the Eyes label. It's that Starbucks coffee for $5 versus Folgers. It's, It's a reason that people want to be cool and hip because they're associating themselves around this emotional connection with that brand. And in the coffee example, I mean, they really understand, you know, why consumers will spend a little bit more because it's all part of that experience and the perceived value that they're getting, not just from the cup of coffee, but also, you know, from the experience in the store that they're getting, you know, the coffee from. And from the branding perspective, it's really something that separates you from the competition that creates this, this worldly connection. Um, There's a real major distinction between when we advance your marketing efforts and transforming yourself into this brand. If you want to bring a brand, which should be the ultimate goal, you need to really understand the difference between what your companies need and what they want. Now, the need part is your customers may want certain things from your business. It's what is being fulfilled by the function of the benefit that you offer. It's a fact. It's a rational attribute about your company and the services that you provide. Now, most competitors, you know, in this field supply roughly the same function of benefits. I don't care what it is, you know, that you have to offer. But generally, what you offer is fulfilling a need for what they want. But if they couldn't get that fulfillment from you, guess what? They're going to go someplace else, and it's going to put you out of business. So fulfilling that need really sometimes doesn't differentiate one business from another so much, but it's that cost, it's the cost of of entry, of getting people engaged. Now in order to be really successful today in business, the customers that you have have to move beyond just needing your product or service. They actually need to want to have it. And they have to have a continuing need to do that. So while they may need the the functional benefits that your company or business offers, it's important that your brand, that they choose you over anybody else. The want is what separates your business from the others and turns you into a brand that they want to continue to associate with. Now, the wanting part is really that emotional connection, that desire to, to, to have that polo shirt and that Starbucks cup of coffee, and it represents something more of a connection, a personal connection between the business and the brand and the product with your prospect and your customer. Now, when you reach an emotional level with your customers, you become that brand in their, in their mind. You're, you're it. It's, it's a done deal. And... It, it's what rises what makes you rise above really, from anybody else that's out there. It's the want that moves you from being that ordinary product or service to being that desired brand. It's that the whole polo shirt attribute. Another great example is when you know you want to, you wear everybody wears shirts every day pretty much. So to be warm and dressed appropriately for. work. So there's a functional benefit when you you know get any shirt from any money, any particular kind of company. So let's say, personally, you choose a shirt brand that targets a younger, more stylish consumer. Well, maybe it's the style or the fit of the shirt that really entices you or the way it's merchandised in the store. Or perhaps, nowadays, even the website, how it's drawing your attention in to say, hmm, let me go in that store and check that out, that makes you want to go and see what it's all about. So all the work that that you get into getting to that point builds that emotional connection. And it's that's what resonates most about making you different from everybody else. And that is the biggest hurdle in branding is is overcoming that. It's the want that these shirts really become to help you feel younger and more stylish. It's, it's, It's how it makes you feel. And you want that shirt because of how the brand makes you feel. Again, it's that emotional attachment. Now, if this brand is for you, then basically, you know, you've risen above everybody else that's out there. So this way you'll always buy their shirts and, you know, you'll always value the brand, the product, the quality, and, and how it makes you feel. So finding that want really is the key in helping to build that strong brand emotional connection with your customers. And I don't care what businesses you're in, but it, it holds true, you know, every single time. Now, there, there are some things that um, we can, you know, talk about that really might help to, to help differentiate yourself from, another Another brand that's in your same category, because as, as in marketing it's all about you know really resonating and, and being above anybody else, and a lot of times people don't understand how to, how do I differentiate myself because I know who I am, but again it's it's not just about me it's how everybody else is is perceiving me. so I think we have some really good things that we can talk about tonight that might help in um, your audience out there to figure out. You know, what they need to, to really redevelop themselves as a brand.
1: Well, I guess my question is, we have, we have sales professionals listening to us, we have uh, entrepreneurs listening to us, uh, so can an individual have a brand or does it have to be related to a company, an entity?
2: Well, I mean, it's different for every company, obviously, but it really, the the brand has to represent the company because Coca-Cola obviously is a brand, but they have a lot of, you know, sub-brands that that work with it, but they still have that overlying connection of why Coke is better than Pepsi, and it's that loyalty that gets to them. And to really, to build a successful marketing campaign to support a brand, you have to build that customer relationship to be true to your brand, to be engaging, to be relevant, providing the value, you know, based on, you know, how that, that brand and product is being perceived and how you're branching out there with the right content to make people say, aha, I have to go check this out. And then really being very creative, not just on a, on a literal basis, but now on a virtual basis as well, because more and more, you know, people are going online first to doing a lot of research, and they're trying to figure out well, why, you know, this shirt versus another or this store versus another? You know, what's what's the value there? And and it's, it's a process that you really have to go through and think about it. And the way we really do this a lot with the, the clients that, you know, we've worked through the years and a lot of the ones that we have now is we help them develop, you know, some five very strategic initiatives. We ask a lot of questions to help, you know, establish, you know, who are they, who is your audience, figuring out, you know, who your competition is, how do you build the experience around the products that we offer, and then finally implementing it.
1: Okay. Well, we have a a couple of minutes left before our first break, but I want to start. So if you can talk maybe a couple of minutes about uh, the first topic, knowing yourself. Tell me more about it. What do you mean when you say know yourself?
2: Okay, well when I, when I mean my know yourself, I'm talking about you as a company. It's not, it's not really that it's personal, but I mean, a company is a personal living, breathing entity, but there are some things that you need to ask and that really will help get you to answer that question about what is, you know, company be, what what, what are we all about, so what is it that drives you, I mean, what is that emotion, the need, or or events that perhaps have motivated you, meaning when I talk about you, I'm talking about your prospective customers here, okay, to take Uh action with you, to engage themselves, how do you infuse some of that energy of that desire and want into what you want your company to look and feel like? And how passionate really are you as a company? What gets you excited, angry, motivated to take action? It's, it's that whole passion about what our, what your brand, your company represents. And another two important things are what are your strengths and also what are your weaknesses? Because in order for a brand to be successful, you have to know where you really excel at, what you're great at. Um, at what you're doing, but you also have to challenge yourself and accept and outline what are those weaknesses. I mean, you have nothing to be ashamed of, and a lot of companies sometimes feel that way because they feel they have to overcome, you know, whatever that negativity is. But you can turn that into a positive by acknowledging what those are instead of hiding behind them, because then all of a sudden the brand becomes more human. Um, right. and then what kind of personality type are you? That's the other thing about the, the, the knowing who you are. I mean, are you a type A? Are you just a, oh yes. Or, you know, are you there just to please? Or, you know, are you, you know, that really energetic, passionate, you know, in your face kind of person that, that needs to be there to get the job done. Um, okay. I know we're going to pause
1: right there. Guy. We're going to pause <laughs> there. Um, uh, because this is good information and I think we're going to provoke a lot of thought and I want my audience after the show, tomorrow, whenever, to sit down and just be real with themselves. Take notes on what Karen is saying and the questions to ask yourself and even to ask your customers about you. So exactly. you can you can do a better job of enhancing your brand. So it's time for us to take a short break and this is Ty Maynor and my guest is Karen Arden and you're listening to for Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: together in conversations that make a difference right here on the voice america business channel every friday morning at 10 a.m pacific standard time what are the reasons that over three quarters of small businesses fail within three years why do seventy percent of u.s. women-owned businesses make less than fifty thousand dollars a year what causes mid-sized companies to stagnate Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Always talk business. Talk to an expert. Call now toll free 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network.
3: You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Manor or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at tymanorgroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R group.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience. Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and my guest today is Karen Arden. She's partnered with JFD Advertising, and Karen, we're talking tonight about how to develop an irresistible brand, and you were giving us some key components on how to do that, and I think you mentioned to me when we talked earlier that you have a report that you would be more than happy to share with uh, our listening audience. So if you're interested in 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 sharing in Karen's report, do me a favor, send me an email on my web page on Voice America. You can email the host, let me know that you would like the report and we'll make sure you get it. All right. So to continue on, you were talking about one of the, the, the key uh areas that we need to really evaluate Karen in order to grow our brand was first we had to know ourselves. So that was right. a great topic. Was there anything else on that or were we ready for the next point?
2: Well, the only other point I wanted to make and um, if you don't mind I I'd, I'd like to use you as an example actually when you know we got together again um, and we wanted to kind of reestablish you know what your brand was all about. You know, we really had to figure out you know, what were all the new things that, you know, you were planning to offer and, and the unique, uh, uniqueness of what all those initiatives were. And that's such a really key component when people are talking or thinking about, you know, rebranding themselves because there has right. to be a reason. And it has to really complement, you know, who you were before, but also provide a major, you know, plus benefit to what you're, you know, about to become. Because when you're going through that rebranding process, it's really all about the core beliefs, uh, remaining true to yourself, and the importance of of, of the brand and, and the products that you you represent. And I I think we did a really good job when we rebranded you as the Tymaner Group because it wasn't just about you know you and the great you know keynote um, sales presentations you were doing and you were offering so much more now. And so we had to really. Car- all that and figure out a way to rebrand it so that it did give people a reason to reevaluate you and, re- and, and reposition it because it was all about, the, you know, it was, we changed colors and we became more bold because that's what your business is all about. And, and that's a, it's a really, really key um, component as well. But um, the other, the next point that is really, really important about branding or rebranding um, is really to understand who your audience is. And this has always been a really difficult challenge because a lot of companies always feel that, oh, well, you know, I know my consumers are young adults, 25 to 35, to when in actuality, you know, it's, it goes so far beyond that. I mean, it's not just if it's, you know, a male or female um, or how old they are, but it's, you know, what, what are their generational values? Because, especially today, I mean, I don't care how old you are, you know, a, a brand represents them back. Because when they're wearing that, that polo shirt, people, you know, might associate them to be a different kind of personality. Um, and, and also, how does that, that brand, you know, reflect as to, you know, maybe, you know, what kind of income level are they at? And where do they live? I mean, are people that you're marketing to going to be in a certain, um part of the United States where maybe it's, it's not such a, a high-end market where they, they might not be able to afford you? And even, what is, what is their whole personal position your, your audience you know are they do they have lots of kids do they like pets you know and even what kind of you know computers and online uh, social aspects of their personality are they engaged in because you have to understand all of that before you can really create and wrap your, your arms around the kind of messages that are going to reach these people to motivate them. And an easy way to do that is really to, to conduct some surveys because what you don't want to do is have to go through a whole branding initiative on the, well, this is what I think. You have to know it because if you don't, you will have invested a lot of money and a lot of times, and guess what will happen? The phone's not going to ring or they're not going to go through your website. So really, really understanding your audience um, is really key. And, And the social aspect of it is also a very key component because you have to know not just, you know, the who and the what and the whys about your audience, but you also have to know how do they engage themselves socially now. I mean, this is becoming such a hot topic now because you might have, you know, the baby boomers that might be, you know, spending a lot more time on LinkedIn versus, you know, Facebook or Pinterest. And so it's it's going beyond just understanding who they are as individuals, but how they want to be engaged online, because it's all about that perceived value and and who they're with and what they're wearing and who they're talking to and what kind of, you know, phone do you have and... And all that, those kinds of things, and it goes so so far beyond just you know the basic you know demographic um, and psychographic stuff that we were so used to doing you know back in the old days.
1: Well, let so, me ask you this: um, uh, sometimes when you do those surveys, and you want most people want just the good news, they don't necessarily want the truth. But would you say you can also get some really good? Uh, information from if you get negative feedback about certain things about your company? Actually, the
2: negative feedback is probably the most valuable because a lot of times when, um, you know, even we do, you know, surveys, follow-up surveys when, you know, we're doing, you know, new product introductions and the like, we like to leave those surveys anonymous because people are more open to engage in a conversation with comments about what was good, bad, or indifferent. And it really gives, you know, a marketer or a CEO An opportunity to really, you know, maybe tweak something. You know, maybe it was something about, you know, the headline in the ad that they didn't respond to. Or maybe it was the picture that they did, they really didn't like. Or maybe it was the color that the, the packaging was in. I mean, it's, there's so many things that wrap around the brand. So yeah, we love to get the negative feedback, but but if you don't get any, then, you know, in a way that's telling you, you're, you're doing something right. So, you know, know, very good point, Ty.
1: You said something earlier about, uh, getting feedback because I remember you, you put, you helped me publish my book, Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something, and you gave me several different, uh, covers for the book. Oh. And the, the cover that I liked, because I, at the time, I had the tendency, to, I guess, to be conservative. I said, okay, this represents me. But when I went around doing my training and I showed all of the covers to my audience, they liked the one that was far more bold. So it, what I chose or what I thought represented me would not have sold with my audience. They liked something that was much more uh, aggressive and, and bolder than I thought re- re- represented me. So hey, I went with what my audience wanted. What you thought? What are your thoughts around that?
2: Well, and that's exactly you know really what we were talking about here because you know the sep- to separate yourself you know, from within the company is sometimes very difficult to do, okay? And a lot of times, you know advertising agencies, marketing people like us, you know, we come in and we we want to give you the truth, okay? It's like we we want you to understand, you know, why we're recommending what we're recommending. And it has to be based on some kind of information. And that means, you know, knowing obviously, you know, the company and the products and your audience and really wrapping yourself around what kind of brand will these people want to react and engage with. And and There is a there is a there's a whole other topic that we could talk about maybe another time about you know the the representation of color and how that really makes people react and engage Um, you know you go to Home Depot down the paint aisle well there's a reason that you know there's blue and ten different shades of blue because there's different blues that make you feel different ways well it's the same thing with branding. Um, and that that's a really interesting um, approach, and you know that's another reason why when we went through all those executions with you, we we really wanted to go with you know things that we felt better represented you and what your company offered. Even though I know you told us we'll do what I want because this is what I think, and sometimes that's not always the best answer. And that's why it's it's bringing out the you know not so much a negativity, but you know the the other side of the of the real story. Um,
1: and it's very, very important. That's an excellent point. And we we have a few minutes before the next break. But, yeah, I, I declare, you told me, you said, okay, Ty, I think this red is really uh, what the book cover needs to be because I think it's going to pop. And I remember I said, well, the, I'm not sure it represents me. And, but when I went around and said, "Oh, the red definitely," so hey, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I guess yeah, that's why yeah, you're the and expert You know, in also it, right? you know,
2: and using again you as an example, when we developed that whole, you know, unlocking your potential with the the whole concept of the key. It, again, that that's a that's an icon that you know is part of the brand that supports the strategies behind it, and that's why sometimes when you see you know, companies changing, you know, their icons a little bit, um, it, it, it sort of ties itself in about the essence of the brand and, and, and how people want to, you know, feel connected to it. Um, but and a lot of times, and, you know, using uh, NBC as an example, you know, the peacock, I mean, that's been their, their brand icon forever. Well, after, you know, 48 years, all they did was really make it a 21st century peacock. They didn't change it. Um, but they kept those strong, vivid colors, you know, as part of their brand because they represent such a diverse, you know, area of programming. Um, so that's a great example of how you can tweak a brand without really changing it. And I, I love that example because it's, it's one of the best ones around, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, good point, good point. We have a couple of minutes before our next break, Karen. What I'd okay. like you to do uh, is get started uh, for the next okay. couple of well, minutes.
2: Okay, well, the other area that, you know, again, for branding that's really key is figuring out and knowing exactly who your competition is. Okay, not guessing at that, okay? Um, everybody has a niche, you know, against the competition, so even if you don't, you know, have someone exactly in that niche that offers the same products, you know, there has to be always someone out there, you know, that has a different kind of positioning that they know who they are, and, and you want to get to that. Okay, mm-hmm. you, you want them to be, in a way, a sort of a competitor with you so that you can add some differentiation against your brand to theirs. So, you know, how do, how do they describe themselves versus, you know, what makes them unique versus your offering? And sometimes the best lessons in branding is to look exactly at what your top three competitors are doing, are doing and why perhaps, you know, you think they're doing a good job, but how can I differentiate myself, you know, coming into this market that will make people take notice of me and say, hmm, you know, I've been doing this for so long I need to really now con- consider this company, and I really like what they're saying, and that they offer something that's a little bit uniquely different. And sometimes, you know, knowing that competition also means, you know, money. I mean, if you're talking about, you know, something that people are buying, a tangible product, you know, is there a perceived value that... You know, your competition is maybe offering that item for $10 and you're thinking about, well, maybe I need to be 15, but I need to understand why somebody might spend that extra $5 to get my item versus, you know, somebody else. And, and what is it that's better? You know, what is it that's better about yours that, that they're offering? And, you know, it's, it's answering some of these questions that a lot of, you know, owners are just really shy about because, you know, they, they feel so, well, this is my baby, you know, I've, I birthed it, and, you know, I know what's best for it. But, you know, you really don't because you have to understand, you know, who that competition is out there that you're up against because it's like your book example. I mean, you thought, you know, a, a more, sub, you know, submissive color was the way to go. But coming up with that, that red and black boldness, you know, and, the, and integrating that gold Really tied into the essence of you know what what your company offers versus if we had come up with something that was more you know pink and blue or or something like that.
1: And, yeah, and I'm gonna have to stop you there. It's time for another okay. break. This is good information, and when we come back, I want to key in on something you said uh, okay. about the owners and and the people in the business sometimes being too shy about trying to understand what's going on with that competition. We'll cover that when we come back. It's time for a short break again. This is Ty Maynard, and my guest is Karen Arden, and you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you on the other side of the break.
0: it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
3: You're listening to Forget Patience. Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at tymaynardgroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R group.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard. My guest today is Karen Arden, and we're talking about how to develop an irresistible brand. You know, Karen, before the break, one of the things you said was a lot of times as uh, business people, we are – uncomfortable or not willing to really examine uh the competition i guess you know i guess we pretend if we don't if we pretend they aren't there they they aren't there but no in reality they are there and i think about a time when uh i received a call from uh a person in tampa and they were interested in talking to me about my services but they mentioned that they were already talking to someone that would be considered uh a competitor I was not that familiar with them because I didn't run into them that often, but I picked up the phone and started calling many of my clients around the country to ask them if they were familiar with that company and if they had used them. And I found a few that had. And I said, listen, uh, we can be honest with each other. How do I fare? Where am I strong? Where are they stronger? How do, how do we look? And they gave me good feedback, you know, so I was able to understand how to position myself and my company, uh, when going against this other organization, which was a fine organization, by the way.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's, and it's so true. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we, we always, um, you know, when you're making major decisions in your life, and every branding is one of them, it's, it's making that, that list, you know, the, the A list and the B list. And when you're really looking at your competition, you know, you really should, you know, be asking yourselves a lot of these questions and answering them. So that you can see, well, you know, you know, what is what is their, their niche that's different than mine? You know, right. what, what kind of voice are they using? Meaning, you know, how are they? You what words are they using to communicate to their audience? You know, is it is it more formal? Is it informal? Is it polite? Is it you know in your face? Um, and and really honestly, how big of a threat truly are they? Because a lot of times people look at competitors as a major threat to them, well, they only feel that way because they're not, you know, wanting to be real enough to figure out, you know, I I can run all over these guys. But you have to understand what makes them tick so that you can become better and offer a better value proposition that they're offering. I mean, you have to ask, you know, is the value that they're providing to their audience obvious or is is it hard? I mean, how many times do you go, you know, you go on a, on a brand's website and it takes you like four or five pages to figure out what the heck they are, what they do, um, versus, you know, other sites? Um, and maybe maybe it's their, their whole style, you know, are they more formal, are they more corporate, you know, and then how do you want to perceive yourself? You need to find that, that unique difference from them to you. And, right. and why do you, you think their audience likes them? And that is a huge one. Because obviously, you know, you're trying to differentiate yourself, different yourself a little bit. So, you know, this is, you know, it's a little bit speculative sometimes, but you have to notice that there has to be some kind of pre, a predominant reason that their audience is drawn to them. So you have to ask yourself, okay, well, this is why, you know, this is why I drink Coke, because it's cool versus Pepsi that, eh, they're, they're kind of drab. They don't position themselves as, as, as the cola. Um, and, and you want to find that too, so that you can address yourself so differently from them. And then, you know, is there anything perhaps that they're not doing that, that might be that little hook that you can attach yourself to? Because, again, it's all about the value proposition and what makes you a little bit different and, and how strong a relationship do they have with their customers? And, you know, this is not just based on, you know, how long they've been in business. But if you see companies that change a lot of products all the time and, you see, you know, they come and go, well, guess why? Because products that are not gaining, um, you know, brand loyalty, they have to come up with something different so that when somebody that was using, you know, a Dove Bar is now going to want to have to consider Dove Plus. Well, what is it that Dove Plus offers For the five cents more that the regular Dove bar wasn't wasn't giving me, Um, so you have to find that that unique you know thing that's really different. And and what what do they offer as far as availability is concerned of their products? I mean. You know, you have to ask yourself, you know, are they having trouble, you know, maybe getting to their audience? I mean, why are they you know, having to come up with these different products all the time? Can they easily identify, you know, who all these brands are? I mean, Procter & Gamble, you know, is probably one of the oldest companies around. And you can probably ask 10 people to name a Procter & Gamble product, and they probably couldn't tell you. And that's because you know them as a corporation. You know they don't they don't value themselves as the brand. It's all the products that are represented underneath them, the lifestyle and and, and 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 the ashore uh, and things of that nature. We, we had a really th- Karen.
1: Karen, one of the things you said was which is is really key. Although we need to know who our competition is, oh yeah. We don't we don't have to focus on them, and I I see that a lot. We're so focused on what they're doing. We aren't focusing on what we should be doing. And I, I heard a saying one time, you win or lose based on what you do, not what your competition does. So exactly. yes, we do need to be aware of them, but we don't need to be completely, uh, just focused on, on them where we're losing sleep. And my thing is this. I have a couple of rules about, uh, the competition. Uh, one, first of all, uh, never talk bad about them. Mm-hmm. That's rule number one. Rule number two, never talk bad about them. Rule number three, never talk bad about your competition. And rule number four, never never call them your competition in front of your client. You can exactly. say other manufacturers, other service providers, but don't sound like you're worried about them because if you're continually bringing up their name when you're talking to your customer, that makes the customer feel like, you know what? For you to bring them up so much, you must be concerned about them. Maybe I need to pay cl- closer attention to them. So those we, a couple of points I wanted to make. Yeah, we we
2: run into that all the time. And, you know, in, our, in the marketing business, it's, you know, people seek out marketers because they want that next big idea. And you'd be surprised how many people say, well, you know, the people we worked with before, they did this and they did that. And I'm like, well, you know, we want to show you something that's a little bit different and how you should uniquely, you know, reposition yourself so that your, your brand becomes more identifiable. Um, it's, that, that's, it's that whole, you know, strategy sometimes. Um, you know, we, we go and approach a, a new customer, per se, that's in a certain category, and they say, well, you know, you haven't had any experience in that category. Well, you know what? It's not about that. It's really understanding what makes you different from everybody else That we can bring to the forefront, because I could care less, quite frankly, what the competition does. Because to your point, I mean, we want to show the value of what makes us uniquely different and why, so that they will go to the web and order that product or pick up the phone and call and say, "Hey, I want to hire you as a motivational speaker." Um, It it happens all the all the time. And the other thing about the competition, though, that we always really try and and the final question that we always like to ask is, you know, what is it? emotionally that is different about them because again the brand is all about that emotional connection so if you can really help identify you know what that core need is for that audience that they're getting you know what is it that's different you know what is that higher level of satisfaction that we can offer to differentiate us it's it's that internal it, it's that internalization coming out in out to the top um, okay. And so, understanding what your competition is doing, and to that level, and if you can get to that, I mean, you're you're golden. You're totally Excellent. golden.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Okay, we got a few more minutes before our okay. last break, and okay. I wanted you to get started. We got about three minutes, so get started talking about uh, building a brand experience.
2: Okay. Well, um, building a brand experience, you know, has a lot of facets to it. Um, It's really more than just that design element and the corporate, you know, identities that we briefly touched on before. Um, It's about, again, that experience that the audience has when they're interacting with you, in addition to the identity of the elements of your logos and the colors, because it's all representative of the brand. So, But you can't just stop there at the logo. Oh, I redid the logo. We redid our brand. You know, we're done. Um, You have to continue to build the experience against that brand to make it irresistible, to make it stand out. And some of the ways to do that is, is, is they're not that that difficult. Make yourself accessible. I can't tell you there's nothing more frustrating from a customer that can't get to you. If they can't reach you on the phone or you don't respond on the web, you always have to be accessible because if they're not reaching you, they're going to say, Pfft. Forget it. I'm never going to be, you know, calling you back to buy anything from you. Um, Mm -hmm. And you want also to to build um, the feeling of goodwill. You want to build that referral base and that word of mouth that really supports what makes you better than everybody else? Um, it's, it's it's fostering that relationship with customers um, to make them just not a onesie or a twosie, but a forever customer. And that is involved really delivering continual positive experience to be in that good corporate citizen with your brand. Uh, you know, Coke and uh, Budweiser does a, a phenomenal job with that. I mean, Budweiser right now is, is going under a rebranding it, um, initiative, which I find so much, so intriguing. I, I just post some stories about it on my blog, on, on uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. They're, they have that iconic, you know, bee always that, is, that they've been using and modifying. Well, guess what they're doing now? They're, they're actually making the can the shape of the bee. And I thought, what a brilliant, simple, you know, refreshment to an iconic brand that is so identifiable that you almost don't need the name on it because you're going to see the shape and you're going to know that's Budweiser. And it's it's, it's building that, that brand experience that continues on and on. Um, I, I just love what they're doing. I can't wait to see what they're going to be doing next. Um, but also, you know, when you're building that experience, be truthful and Keep to your word. Don't make promises that you can't keep. I mean, there is nothing more frustrating from a customer where you're going to tell them you're going to deliver this and then you don't. Because if you don't, if you if you miss the deadline, or you know, if you don't respond um, to them in a timely basis, or delivering the goods that you promised them on July 1st, you know, it, it's you're 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 dead
1: under the water. Um, okay, let well, let's, oh, let's go ahead and pause for the, the, the last break. Let's go ahead and pause for the last break, Karen. And I want you to wrap up on the brand experience when we come back and then kind of give them some tips on how to actually implement uh, this this building or rebuilding of the brand. All right. So it's time for us to take a short break. This is Ty Maynard and my guest is Karen Arden. And you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. <music>
2: Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
3: Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Manor or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at tymanorgroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R group.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience. Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard, and I'm your host, Ty Maynard. My guest today is Karen Arden, and we're talking about how to build an irresistible brand. And we're on the last segment of the show. So, Karen, if you could kind of wrap it up in a bowl for everyone and talk about how to actually implement some of the things that you've been talking about on how to expand and rebuild your brand.
2: Okay, well we, we basically talked a little bit about once you, you know, figured out, you know, who you are, you know, who your target audience is, and you know a little bit about your competition, and, and how can I build, you know, that, that that brand uh, experience to make me a little different. So the next step is implementation, and one of the biggest things um, that we always, you know, share with our with our clients is is to be consistent because it's such a key component in any successful brand. In other words, you know, don't be, don't be different, you know, on one page to the to the another. Um, and develop, you know, that strong brand identity that becomes that identity mark for you. It's that whole um, thing we talked about where we develop with your logo it's that key um, unlocking potential it's that icon that is very representative Um, and create the package the entire package so no matter how where they see you if they see you on the web or they see you on you know from your email they see your brochure that there is some consistency there with your corporate identity I can't tell you how many times people fail with that because they, they don't think that they need to make all those changes but you have to be consistent and use those colors that really identify and convey the message. And the feel, you know, that you want your audience um, to 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 be a part of, and use design elements that they that your audience can relate to. Um, it's it's such a key component, and then you know, developing you know everything into your marketing that transcends all that. Because originality, you know, in that implementation is show key, is so key because it gives you that, 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 that differentiation. Um, and then be sure, whatever is done, that it works in all facets, not just in your traditional, you know, print brochures and collateral, but it works on the web. And now it has to work, you know, on, on mobile as well. So you have to be able to figure out, how your brand will be consistent so that when, you know, no matter where they see you, it, it, it's identifiable. And if you're struggling with creativity, don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, we, I can't tell you how many fixes we do for clients that have, you know, a creative person that works in-house. Well, if they're not a brand specialist that can really help build a brand identity, it's going to be very flat. Um, and that's something that you really don't. And you want to be very specific when you're developing the brand with the style and that you know with the fonts you use and how the color are wrapped around that. And create a, a manual of standards so that everybody that you work with understands it. Because if you've got salespeople out there, you want to make sure that they're marketing the brand that you're representing back home. The consistency factor is so, so key. And be mindful of the stage presence. I mean, when you're out there and your team is out there representing you, you want to make sure that everybody is talking the same language, the same positioning. Same strategy because you want to make sure that when somebody's listening to you in in San Diego versus Chicago versus Tampa that it's all the same because we don't want to have the, you know different you know salespeople out there that are talking different messages because that's going to okay. blur it all. And okay. use use the language you know in in the style of the audience. There's nothing more frustrating than talking to call, to elderly people that don't understand. Some some new facets of of the way things are positioned today because you want to make it sellable and use okay. your your staff and your your sales team or even you know your your um, support team that's out there as make them your brand ambassadors um, okay. and be you know very persistent about it because once they that once they regress and they you know change it up a little bit you you will have lost all the value of that. So it's really, really key. And lastly, to really infuse everything in you do around your brand. It needs to permeate every aspect of what you do, you do in order to have the desired effect. And that effect is making the phone ring, ordering product, utilizing the services that you offer. You want to make sure that nothing slips through the cracks or becomes unbranded because once you do that, you will have lost the prospect.
1: Karen, uh, thank you very much for being on the show. I think it's some awesome information and I think we'll probably get together at another time to to go deeper into it because I, I know uh, this is a broad subject. I mean, when I... Uh, was thinking about doing this show, I typed in just branding on Google. Oh, my goodness, probably 15 billion pages showed up. So this is not a a subject we can handle in one show. But in 30 seconds, can you give them a way to contact you and and, and to get access to some of the information that you've been talking about?
2: Absolutely. Um, you can go to our website which is jftadvertising.com and it tells you everything about what we do and how we do and you know how we go through that whole brand identity um, process with our Discover IQ. You can also find us on Facebook. We have our own Facebook page, Twitter page and LinkedIn as well. So just feel free to connect up and uh, we'll be happy to help out anybody with any questions they may have.
1: Okay, thank you very much. And uh, as I mentioned, they've done a lot of work for, for me. Uh, they do a phenomenal job. They are bulldogs. There have been times when I did not see what they were trying to tell me, but uh, they were persistent. Uh, they didn't just wimp away when I said no. I mean, if they felt passionate about it, that's that's really what I needed. Because sometimes my, my, my strength is in one area. It's not in what they do. And they do it day in and day out. So uh, they did a fantastic job. And as I mentioned, our goal is to consistently bring you information to help you in your quest to be the best. Uh, we talked about my book. Uh, forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Manor. You can get it from Amazon.com. You can go to TyManorGroup.com, the online store. Have a bunch of tools there that can help you and be good reference material in your desire to be better at what you do in sales and in business. Uh, we're going to have another awesome show next week for you. I expect to have you here, and I love you. Glad you tuned in tonight. And until next week, forget patience, let's sell something. Talk to you soon.
3: Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something.